Okay, Helen, thank you so much for joining us and making time for us in your schedule. And we would love it if you would just share with the people watching a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do for a living, about your family. Yeah, sure. So um, thank you for having me, by the way. It's lovely to be here. Um, I'm Helen and I'm married to a gorgeous guy called Shaq or Shaquille. Um, you might notice from my name, it doesn't sound that British. It's because I married a Pakistani. Um, we just celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary, which was lovely. And I've got two daughters, a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old. Um, and I am an ordained minister with Elim, but I don't have a church or anything like that. I'm itinerant. So I travel around to encourage the body of Christ in things of the spirit. That's kind of the mandate on my life. And, uh, and I do that a lot through music, through all the creative stuff, artwork, anything that's kind of, yeah, whatever the Holy Spirit asks of me is <laughs> pretty much what I do. Oh, that's amazing. So I wonder if you just tell us how the last six months has been for you. I know it's been an unusual, challenging time for all of us, but just tell us how it's been for you. Okay, well, I think the first thing that I'd say is, is that I'm, I'm so sad to have lost three friends to COVID. So I understand um, that COVID is a real thing and that is here. But at the same time, there's been so many incredible benefits. The three people that have now gone to glory they've gone to glory because they were born again they knew who Jesus was and if you're watching today and you don't know who Jesus is and you're not a Christian and you haven't given your life to him um I, I, I just said this is a great time to do that because it was wonderful to be able to say okay I'm missing my three friends but I know where they are and I know I'm going to see them again so once we kind of got over those hurdles um, um we started to appreciate some of the other things that this and um, one of these, I'm traveling around so much. I can sit at church in my pajamas. I love that. I've loved not having to be away from home because every weekend I'm away from Friday to Sunday. And so that's been lovely being a bit more housebound. It's been lovely connecting with my family. It's been, uh, it's been a time where we've really come to appreciate one another. And um, yeah, so for me, it's been great because I've been able to do a lot more artwork. So I work from home as an artist during the week and it's meant that I've been able to really spend time in, the, you know, just kind of pursuing that. And of course, music and all of the things that I was delivering as I was out and about, I can pretty much deliver from home. Um, slightly different when it comes to prophetic worship and things like that. But in terms of art and still speaking into lives, that can still happen just in a very different way. So for me, it's encouraged creativity. It's encouraged thinking outside the box. You know, we're not living in dissimilar times to the early church. And uh, nothing was put on hold because they had leprosy. Nothing was put on, not they had, but, you know, the, the leprosy was in the place. You know, it was a fearful disease. It was something that was people to isolate. They had, they had all the kind of government kind of issues to face today. All the kind of, who do you trust? Who don't you trust? And all of that anxiety that, that our country is facing and the world's facing. Um, they had all of that because they were under Roman rule and Nero was on his way. I mean, come on. It's not dissimilar. And so we have been here before and the church thrived. So um, I, kind of, I kind of like to say I'm thriving. <laughs> oh, that's really good. I'm so sorry for the loss of your friends as well. I know a lot of people will be able to relate to that because they'll have lost people too in this season. Has there been any um, key passages or especially for you, worship songs that have helped to carry you through this season? 
Well, it's funny you should say that. And uh, because I'm reading this book at the moment. Now, this book is by a guy called John Noble. I don't know if you know John Noble, John and Christine, but they were part of the charismatic kind of stuff. And I'm just getting to know him. But I've been reading this book that he wrote back in 2002. Well, that's when it was published. He probably wrote it before that. But this has really held me, especially in the last couple of months. This is what he says. Remember, he's, he's, he's published this 20 years ago. And he says this, the church is a holy virus. The end is in sight. God's final shakings have begun. The church will emerge reshaped and revitalized to live her finest hour as God's agent for the kingdom. The questions which remain are, what part will I play in the climax of history? And what part will those of whom I work and worship with, what will they be doing in the grand finale? The end is all about Jesus and his triumphant return to earth, first in spirit among his people who prepare the way, and then in flesh for every eye to see, just like it says in Revelation 1.7. So this is what he says. This has really held me. It says this, to achieve this honour and fulfil our calling to herald Christ's coming, we must nurture this fresh way of understanding church. We must allow the spirit freedom to break habits and mindsets which keep us bound to old ways, which are largely irrelevant in our world today. This is the crux of it. We must see church as a holy virus to be caught. And I'm like, yeah, we're the antidote. You know, we are, we are that holy virus. So that brought me loads of hope. In terms of songs, every kind of song, because there's been days I've woken up and I've been so down and I've been, it's un, unlike me, but it's almost, yeah, woken up almost despairing at times. And so you cling on to those songs like, because he lives, I will face tomorrow. You know, you start to sing out what you know your spirit needs to cling on to, even if you're not in that place. You sing it into being. It's like you sing in faith. And uh, so, yeah, songs like that. i tell you what once kind of had a real comeback in my life. And that's been, um, I see, a, you know, a new revival. You know, that will see the king of glory. Coming forth, and you know that that song, you know, Jose. My dog loves that song. <laughs> you obviously love that, yeah. And uh, so, yes, lots of old songs, lots of hymns. You know, great is Thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. You know, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Everything shaking. Everything. It says in the Bible, doesn't it, that heavens and the earth will shake and all that will remain is kingdom. And so it's okay to acknowledge the shaking. It's okay to acknowledge things are tough. But, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to give God glory. Uh, you know, so lots and lots of different songs. I couldn't even name all of them. But, um, yeah, there's there's one that I, that I really come to at the very beginning, actually, which was, I don't even know who sings it. But it was, if God is for me, who can be against me? If God is with me, whom then shall I fear? If no one knows me, still my God adores me. I am safe. I am loved. I am healed. And, you know, things like that have really held me. Um, and I've cut myself a lot of slack. So if I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad day and I worship my way out of it. I don't just sit there criticising myself and say, get a grip. I'm like, let's worship my way out of this. And um, so that's been the process. 
There's been, have you had those days where you kind of wake up and you're like, oh, and you just get straight into warfare and you start declaring the rule of Christ and you start, you know, and then you kind of like Waymaker songs and, and stuff like that. And you just, oh, yeah. I've had seasons, you know. Yeah, definitely. That's really good advice. Waymaker is probably one of my favorite songs ever. It definitely helped me through this season. And, and timely. Yeah. And I think there's so many great songs coming out of this season. Some of the new stuff that they're bringing out and, and the way that people are creating it and being creative in, in how they're doing it, it was, um, not being able to be around each other, and there's just some some amazing songs with amazing lyrics come out of this season. That's so, it, absolutely. You've shared a little bit already, but can you share a little bit more about what is what God is teaching you in this season? What He's showing you personally? Um, I think that He's um, having me reset and rethink. I, I think I was so busy. I mean. If you looked at my diary, it was so incredibly busy. And the Lord, I think, has been showing me, you know, Helen, I probably asked you to do 10% of that. And uh, the rest was just you filling up your diary. (laughs) Busy doesn't mean holy. It doesn't mean anointed. Busy doesn't mean any of those things. And so teaching me how to rest and teaching me how to um, say no to things has been, um, it's been a real part of that season. And because of my nature, I'm a people pleaser. Um, I, you know, so it's something that I have to always be really aware of. Am I saying yes because I just want to please this person? Or am I am I saying yes because God's requiring this of me? And um, the Lord's really been showing me some of the things that I've kind of been kind of wasting my time on, though they were good things to do, you know. And some people would look at them and say, wow, that's really admirable. But actually, if the Lord wasn't asking me to do that and I wasn't acting in faith in partnership with him, it's it's kind of wasted time, you know, and there's no reward for that. And I know that we don't do it for reward, but our God is a rewarding God. And so when I get to heaven, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what has been allocated. And I think it'll be a small, a much smaller amount um, in terms of, you know, what he required me to do. I did way more than he was asking, I think, um, over the last few years, especially. So now when I'm looking at my diary, I'm much more prayerful about it. Is this what I'm called to in this season? You know, and um, and so that's been my biggest, biggest learning curve. And also learning how to do housework again, because I now have time to do housework and it's like I have no excuses. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, oh, that's what that's for. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think um, we, we felt like that at the very beginning, like a reset. Um, my husband actually shared a message on that and we we were hearing all the prophets talk about reset and and for us that's been a really key thing too and I think a lot of people we've spoken to have said the same thing it's about readdressing things and and what you said about is it is this really what I'm called to do or, or am I just doing it because I'm pleasing people we're we're both people pleasers too so we like to say yes so I think learning to say no for the right reasons in this season has been so key and I think what you just said will help so many people who are who are struggling with that wrestling with um saying yes even throughout this season because we've all had more time on our hands haven't we to 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 do the things that we maybe wanted to do but haven't ever had the time to do and I think we can end up filling that time with unnecessary stuff that that we're not actually supposed to do so I think that's a, a really key thing for people to think on so I know that'll speak to so many people and it's like, for me, um, it's about um, the presence of God. If you're being intimate with God, you will know straight away. Even if you say yes, 
you'll know that he's not in agreement with that. And so you retract that. Yes, you say, look, I'm really sorry. I think I was wrong there. Just, just humble yourself. Say, I probably shouldn't have agreed to do that. I don't think that's actually what God wants me to do right now. Those are really hard lessons for people like us. There was a song God gave years ago, and it's called Holy Fear. And he said, heaven, the only antidote to the fear of man is a fear of God. And, you know, you know, we're the kind of people who's like, God's our friend, he's our brother, he's, you know, he's all these good things, he's a good, good father. But he's also a God to be feared in the sense of I want to be in line and in step with him. I don't want to, I don't want to um, create any kind of barriers or anything like that. And you can be something, if I get the words or how many years, but it was, God was small, knowing, my God, you are God, you are for me. I'm morning star, I called your friend and my brother, the ancient of days, I gave you all of my worship and all of my praise, but how could I fall the way that I fell? That's about people pleasing. How could I ignore the wage of sin and the stench of hell? And the cause was just baptize me with holy fear. Let me know you are near. And the second verse just goes on to talk about all the stuff I was doing in ministry. Uh, you know, I've, um, I've, was it? Uh, I've sung a thousand songs. I've seen other, I've seen platforms, I've seen under lights. I've sung a thousand songs. I've seen demons. I've prayed plenty words. I was asked to do thought in doing all this. I glorified you, but it wasn't the songs you wanted to hear. It was all that I am and all that I was to be sincere. And then it just reflects again, just baptize me with your holy fear. So even now you're watching, and know that's you, just be baptized again afresh with the fear of God. That, that his presence will be the antidote to the fear of man. It will set you free. Wow, I love the words to that song. They're amazing. There's a third verse, but I can't remember it. <laughs> oh, I must YouTube that later then. <laughs> so I'll have to do that too. <laughs> that's really good, actually, because my next question is a big question for um, worship leaders, pastors at the moment. As we think about preparing to go back to our services and go back into our buildings and be together again and have church together, um, a big question for us is, um, how is that going to look like is it supposed to look different is it supposed to look that we know it's not supposed to look the same as before because there have been a lot of changes in this season but do you think there is anything that God wants us to change in our services um I guess particularly because you're a worship leader to do with worship but but with our worship our church services anything that God wants us to leave behind any new things that he wants us to pick up how do you think it's gonna how the God wants it to look when we come back I think he wants it to look more like Jesus. So in the Bible, it says, behold, I do a new thing. Do you perceive it? And God's always doing a new thing. And the world around us want to see new things. If you think back to um, in Acts, I can't remember which chapter, probably seven or something like that. And Paul is in Athens and he speaks to the Athenian people. And um, he, I think that, um, why am I saying that? Hold on a second. Helen's train of thought. I'm so I, I wander around all over the place. Um, yeah, what Paul does when he addresses the Athenian people is he looks around, he keeps his eyes open, and he asks the Holy Spirit help. And the, the Holy Spirit directs him to the statue of the unknown God. And that's what he pins his sermon on and the ministry of the day. And I just think that as we come back, 
just let's ask the Holy Spirit, let's look around, ask the Holy Spirit, how can we be creative in this moment to explore Jesus and to, and to um, and worship him as well? You know, God lead us in worshiping God, you know, and it's coming back to that. That's such simplicity. And then in the same story, Paul actually quotes the poets of the day to the Athenians as he's revealing Christ to them. He starts to quote the poets and their songs, you know, in him we live and move and have our being, you know, is we are his offspring. And he starts to quote all of that stuff. So he's really creative. And I just think God wants the church to come back into that creativity, ingenuity, asking the Holy Spirit to lead, you know, um, and, you know, that means then the body is to be released in so many different ways. There'll be people in your congregation who perhaps have never thought that it would be appropriate for them to paint a picture in the corner of the room, but they might feel like, oh, we can't sing one now, but I could paint a picture. And if somebody else is going to look over that person's shoulder and their life is unraveled, and maybe there'll even be a, a non-Christian who gets saved through that picture. Look at my dog crying. Stop crying. And then, um, so you've got all these things that should start to bubble up. If we... Think about, like, I travel around. I go to hundreds of churches every year. I walk into a church, I see a band. Usually, keyboards, bass, drums, guitar, maybe acoustic, electric, singers, and a worship leader. How many times I walk into a church, and that is the scenario. I could tell you by clockwork exactly what um, the service is going to look like. I just don't think that was ever God's intention. I think, I think God might be bored. And I think that this would be a really good time and a really good challenge for us to just just be um, church in a whole new way, um, releasing people. So your church, for instance, right now who are watching, you know, if, if you just start to think about well, what could I bring, you know? So often we turn up to church and we sit down and we are fed by the worship, by the leadership of our churches, and we think how we now have to express ourselves. We'll sing the latest songs, we'll sing a Bethel, maybe a Redmond, maybe, a, you know, we'll choose a selection of songs from around the globe and we'll deliver these songs. But God wants more. It's the difference between writing or designing your own card for God or ordering a moonpig.com card. It's the difference. It's let's make this personal. Your church, CLC, have got people in that church who have got such gifts and such different ways of expressing themselves to God. Um, it just feels a joy and wonder to see that come alive. And um, I'm excited, actually. I mean, I'm part of that band. I'm part of, I'm, when you go to the Elim Conference, I'll be one of those singers up on that platform. I'll be a singer at Spring Harvest doing exactly what I've just described. I want, I'm doing myself out of a job. But I think that this is not the season to just all be the same. We've just got to, yeah, yeah, Lord, just bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> I probably didn't articulate that very well. <laughs> no, I think I, I, that's how I feel. I feel the same. And I think it is a bit of the unknown because we, we don't quite know until we get to that point, unless what the Holy Spirit reveals to us in the meantime. But it's that unknown of, we've always known one thing and it's always been a certain way. Like you just said, you walk into a place and you see the same thing every time. And I think in the season just before this, maybe like just before COVID out broke out, I was in a season of feeling like real unrest with the way that we were doing things. And it wasn't that I felt like we were doing anything wrong, but it was, it was more like there's got to be more than this. There's got to be a different way that, 
that we but it's so hard when you when that's all you've known because you you wonder well what does that new thing look like and I like you I'm really excited I'm excited about what that is going to look like I'm excited for us to come back together and and be one again and worship all together because we're all in our different homes and and that's nice and I've loved what we've done in this season that we've got to reach so many different people but I can't wait till we're back together again and I can't wait for I have high expectation for for what it's going to look like but also if I'm honest um not apprehension but it's just the unknown isn't it the you don't quite know what it's going to be like and you and I think for me there's that um feeling of I don't want to get it wrong I want to make sure I'm listening to the Holy Spirit I want to make sure that I'm doing exactly what what it is that we're supposed to do and here we have the key that we're afraid of getting things wrong and um and because we have a fear of God and we have, um, um, I think we've sometimes misunderstood what the Lord means. When we, we're in reverence of the word of God. We want to deliver that diligently and we want to be in line with scripture at all times. That is that is the bar. <laughs> so it's a high bar. Um, but in the midst of our times together as gathered worshippers, there should be so much of the unknown there. Because think about the upper room. Think about that first ever church service. They had no, they had nobody to, they didn't have Martin Smith. Do you know what I mean? They didn't have any songs really about Jesus being the Messiah. They only had like the Old Testament kind of stuff. So, you know, they had to write those songs in the spirit and in the moment. And somebody had to die to themselves to kick that off. Somebody had to decide, it doesn't matter if I get this wrong. Do you know what? Even, I'm I'm just going to give this to you, Jesus. And just, um... Is, look, let me show you this, right? This was the first paint, one of the first paintings God ever gave you. It kind of sums it up. Let me see if I can find it. Come with me. Um, right. Let me see if I can find it. Come on, Helen. Uh, I know it's here. Let me show you this. Da, 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 da. And if I can't find it, I'm going to look really silly. Oh. Uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Right. Have a look at this, right? So this was one of the first pictures God gave me. And it just says, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, you're hanging on there. But what's the worst thing that can happen if his hand is underneath you? He, he would rather you have a go and get it wrong <laughs> than to, to not give it a go at all. Let me let me share this story with you if I've got time. I've got time. Yep, share you a little story. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, so I'm at this church service, right? It's, it's a, a cross... It's an across the bar church service with lots of different denominations and I'm leading worship. And the, the vicar of this particular church said to me just before we started, can you imagine? He said, Helen, don't be too, you know. And I said, no, I, I don't know. What do you mean? It's my dog, by the way. I said, he said, well, you know, just don't be too Pentecostal. So now I'm probably giving a slightly different response to what I would have done then because I was younger but I kind of just said listen um the Holy Spirit um is uh is um a real um he knows who's in the room and I trust the Holy Spirit but I promise that I will um keep to to time and blah 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 so I I did anyway I'm I'm stood there and I'm leading worship and I'm singing uh, what song was it no power of hell, no scheme of man. And as I'm singing that refrain, I suddenly see a picture of a hoover, a vacuum cleaner. cleaner. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please take that picture away from me. I'm not going to get all funny and I don't want to see anything. I don't want to prophesy anything. I just want to sing this song and sit down. And no power of hell, no schemes of man. And it's there again. And I said, oh. 
So I just said it really quietly. Hoover can ever pluck me from your hand. And the Lord said to me so clearly, I don't hear his audible voice, but I had a real sense. He said, Helen, I want you to say Hoover. Now, so I, the refrain goes around again. No power of hell, no schemes of man can ever Hoover, hallelujah, pluck you from his hand. And I'm trying so desperately hard to not allow this to be weird, you know? And so... Um, it turns out what, what happened at the end of that time of worship, the vicar gets up and he says, well, I had no idea what I was supposed to preach on. But I'd, so I'd, um, I'd put together two different sermons and one of them, sorry, I just got to answer the door. Oh, oh thank you so much. Sorry, you're with me. You're really with me at home today, CLC. And uh, so he said to me, well, I had no idea what to preach on the Lord has shown me and so of course he he puts on the acetate because it was the old days he sticks on the acetate what do you think that very first slide was it was a hoover and that was the very same vicar who said to me don't get too weird don't get too led by the spirit is what he was inferring you know and and we've got to be so so careful not to do that because the Holy Spirit knows what to do and we can trust the Holy Spirit so as we gather together again and um, let's just trust him and rely on him let's be more creative and just look around the room take time don't rush you know like I can't tell you how many churches now has got the the clock you know and I'm so sorry if you've got one of those but like you know clock 10 9 8 and then we start you know when we're warming up or we're doing a sound check we've already started we're already worshipping God. Nothing that comes out of us is wasted. And so, you know, this whole clocking down to a start of a service, from the moment two or three of you have gathered, church is there, you know? And so it's like, let's stop making it like, and that's my, oh, I might get in trouble, even at my own local church. <laughs> no, you know, I just tell it. Yeah, I've heard you tell that story before about the Hoover. It was amazing. And I remember the first time I saw you lead worship, it might have been at River Camp. I can't remember. Did you ever do River Camp? Yeah, yeah, I, I lead at River Camp. So yeah. it was River Camp, and I'd never seen anyone lead worship like you before. And you were actually the one who inspired me in the prophetic to be more bold. And to you won't remember, but you prayed for me after the you did a talk, and you prayed for me afterwards, and you just. Um, you prayed boldness over me, and I went back to church, and I was like, right, this has got to be different now. I can't be afraid of. Um, of what's going to come out of my mouth. I have to be more led by the Holy Spirit. And you're actually a big inspiration for me. So thank you so much. Praise God. Well, no, well, somebody had to do that for me. You know, somebody had to do that for me. And so I thank God that we're becoming emboldened because, you know, sometimes it literally is um, life or death that we deliver a word. And the other story that I probably would have told at River Camp would have been the story of um, the woman who came to... Mm, uh, let me tell you, I think this is an important story to share. I was at a um, meeting. Um, I was a backing singer. I was one of those three backing singers. And I was at this meeting and uh, the guy who was leading worship was, he was a worship central guy. It was Ben, ben Cantalon. So a big wig, you know? So I'm just a backing singer. So I'm not in charge of anything at all I'm serving in that capacity so I know my place you know and I'm there to serve and so as I'm as I'm seeing the Lord shows me this picture and it's like a cartoon strip and I'm this cartoon strip as I'm singing uh, the song and I, I literally see 
like Jesus in the throne room and I'm at his feet basically saying, there's no space. You know, like when the Lord gives you something and you're prompted to share something, but there's no space in a service to be able to deliver it. And, uh, and the Lord leans forward and he says to me, don't worry about that. I'm the person who at the end of the world was the God all comfort and help them see the God all comfort. And I was like, oh, right, so I had that. And you Can know you how repeat, when you're... Sorry, that sentence that you just said, I think your internet connection is back. Could you just repeat that? Because I think it's important. Yeah, so we, I, was, I was reading this comic strip and the Lord was saying to me, find me the person who at 12, I was the God of all comfort and go tell them I'm still the God of all comfort. So I had this real impression God wanted to share that. And so um, out of just obedience, I, I went to the person who was leading that meeting. And I said, look, I really feel like the Lord's given me something to share. If a space becomes available, just give me a nod. But the nod never came. And I was really kind of feeling like, oh, this is really God, you know. And so when, you, when that happens to you, and that will happen to all of us at some point, it's really important that you do submit to the leadership and whoever it is who's leading that time. You know, don't go over their heads and say, no, I have something from the Lord. You know, the fact is you were willing. That's already worshipped God. That's already been worshipped. So just release, just release, 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 and don't take on any kind of silly baggage. So anyway, I went home that night feeling really kind of like, oh, I've got this thing that I should have released. You know, was I disobedient? You know, and the Lord said, no, you're fine. And my husband, Shaq, he doesn't say a lot, but he's very wise. And he said to me, take it to church tomorrow. And I said, Shaq, it wasn't for church tomorrow. It was for 10 o'clock tonight. Anyway, the next day we got off church and there was that, I have a very traditional kind of Pentecostal church. And um, so, you know, you had your three, four songs and then there's this little gap and three or four people will, will give prophetic words. And I waited and uh, there was this gap and it was just this huge gap. And my husband nudged me. disclaimer. Yeah, where you say, hey, guys, um, I've got this message. It could be from the Lord, but hey, you weigh it up and it might not be for anyone. I'm not convinced it's for anyone here. But anyway, I'm going to share it. It's terrible disclaimer. I mean, it was awful. And I shut my eyes because I still wasn't convinced because as far as I was con concerned, it was for somebody at 10 o'clock the night before. So I went, whoever this is for, I pray it blesses you. God, who was the God of all comfort when you were 12. Well, yeah. So the actual message was, at 12, God was the God of all comfort. He is still the God of all comfort. And as I opened my eyes, there's this red-headed woman, and she was crying, and she was stood in front of me. And so um, I said, oh, I said, uh, what, what's happened? You know, tell me. And I took her to the side, and we started to talk. And I said, why does that message mean something to you? And she says, because um, when I was 12, my father died. And she goes, and last night, my mum died. And uh, she started to talk. And as soon as she started to talk, she said, at 10 o'clock, her mum had died in the hospice the night before. And I immediately, my, my antennae was up like crazy. I was like, oh, wow, Lord. So I said, how did you find this church? And she said, well, my mum was a Christian and I'm not. I walked away from the Lord at 12 because my dad died and I, I was angry with God. So I walked away. But my mum carried on a, a Christian life and she went to an Elim church in her area. So I Googled Elim and this is my local Elim. Like how God strings these things together is and should be forever beyond me. You know, his ways are higher. 
So anyway, she's turned up to this church. I've given this message. It's so clearly for her. It's just like in the word of God when it says that, you know, when you prophesy, when you give words of knowledge, that even the unsaved will get down on the floor and say, surely your God is real. You know, so we want as much of the prophetic as possible to be um, not even reintroduced. It was always meant to be part of when we meet. And it doesn't have to be weird. It can just be a conversation. It can be over coffee. Um, But that woman needed Jesus. And you know what? She gave her heart to the Lord after doing um, the Alpha course. And she worked in Canary Wharf as a legal secretary. And she died not long after, about six months after she committed her life to Christ. She died of an aneurysm. So God knew her time. And uh, it was really important that she she was connected to a God who was personal and powerful. And what better way to show how personal God is than to deliver a prophetic word um, straight into the heart of somebody, you know? So it's 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 really important that you, you obey if the Lord gives you something, even if it's something so silly. Remember, a hoover like, is, a, is a pretty random thing. But if it was right out of the blue and it wasn't something that you were thinking of before, why don't you start to trust that and to just say, okay, all right, let me share that with whoever the Lord leads me to share it with. You could still do the whole disclaimer and say, hey, weigh this up. You know, it might be for you, it might not. That's a good thing to do. You know, and you don't have to say, hey, thus saith the Lord. You know, you don't have to do all of that stuff. Like, don't be weird. Just be yourself. There's a reason why God asks you to deliver a particular message. And I think it's usually because something in your testimony meets your vocal cords and there's just so much power and anointing. And there's a reason why you specifically ought to share what God's laid on your heart. Oh, wow, that's an amazing story. A real um of listening to God and being bold and, and doing it, even if you're even if you're not sure. So good. So could you what's the worst thing that can happen? Like that's the I think that's the thing. Like what's the worst thing that can happen? They could they could say you're an absolute fruit loop. That's okay. My own kids call me that. Not a problem. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? You get rejected. Jesus was rejected over and over and over again. You know, look, look, this is one of my paintings and, it, you know, it's, he was despised and rejected by men. You know, this is this is who this is who Jesus is. This is his walk. It's not easy, but it's fun. Yeah, well, that's great advice. Thank you so much. I know that people would have got so much out of that today. Could you tell us how people can connect with you? How can they hear your music and see your art? Yeah, sure. So um, those of you who have been in touch with me already on Facebook, you will know that I'm part of the Hope Project. And the Hope Art Project is literally all of these pieces of art that I have here, like, well, that's about half of a pack. And all of these things get sent to the front line. So if you're a key worker or frontline worker, all of these uh, pictures of hope, they're filled with scriptures and quotes, and, um, and they just provide hope. Some of you may have seen us doing this one this was a live painting that we did um for the paramedics at the beginning of lockdown we're still doing that so we're still very much involved in making sure that there's hope art in frontline areas so if you work in a prison a school um a doctor's surgery a funeral home you know a hospital ward anything like that then we'll get your sponsor we'll send that whole 
posters that you can put around. And that was initiated by a manager of a theatre in um, in our local hospital who said, I can't hug my staff when they're wobbling. So could you just send me down some artwork? Because that will go some way to give them a hug um, from higher places. And so that's been amazing. So you can get in touch with me if if you're in any of those kind of areas. And um, But yeah, I'm just, I'm on Facebook. I'm on, I'm probably on Instagram and things like that. I'm just not very good at it. And, uh, but you can Google me or do you know what the best thing is? You can find your own art self and start painting your own artwork. Start seeing your own songs. And let's, let's see what's coming out of CLC. Let's see what's coming out of you. I'm much more interested in what you lot are doing than, than anything else. So um, let's make the kingdom as bright and as bold and as wide and as huge and as incredible as it was always meant to be. Jesus is colourful. It's a multicolored, technicolored church. So let's just let's dish it out. I know that in your congregation there are artists, there are singers, there are songwriters, there are poets, there are all kinds of creatives. And I just I just pray God would just release you um, and so that I could be saying, Hey, how are you in touch with your people at CLC? <laughs> Amazing. Amen. I can't wait to see that. So just before we go, would you just pray for the people watching, um, maybe for those especially as well who who aren't saved yet, who don't know Jesus, um, and just um, for the next season that we're just about to walk into? Yeah, Father, I know that there will be people who are um, who are watching right now who don't yet know who you are. And they want to be connected. Who wouldn't? But God, they're just at a place where they're just wanting to make that decision. Father, I pray by your spirit, would you just, wherever they are right now, just uh, prompt them, just open their eyes, open their ears and open their hearts that, Lord, they could just today, just this would be their day of salvation, that they would surrender their heart to a powerful, personal, living God who holds them in their in your hands and father I just pray that you would bring them to a place where they can say um God father I I thank you that you sent Jesus more than 2,000 years ago to die on a cross for me I understand um that Lord that Jesus died for my sin that's everything that I've ever said done or thought wrong he's taken that upon himself and he's died for that and, uh, and because he did that, and because he was risen again three days later, I can enjoy grace and freedoms that Jesus bought for me on the cross. And I can even know for sure that I have eternal life, that when I die on earth, I simply wake up in glory. And uh, so, so for those people who, who are watching right now who are in that position, um, this is a great moment for you to just say, Jesus, would you take my life and just give it to him? And then ask him, God, would you take my life and would you fill it with the Holy Spirit? And may I be your creative tool on earth to introduce you to other people in Jesus' name. And for the creatives amongst you, I just say, be released in Jesus' name. Be released. And if you've ever been hurt in the past or you've ever been kind of a lot of creative people, they often feel like they've been prevented from being their truest self. Just be released. You've heard from your own leadership. This is your time. This is the time. Be released in Jesus' name. We want Jesus to be shown, to be multicolored and, and just vibrant. We need you. The body of Christ needs you. And so, Father, I just pray for a real release in the prophetic. I pray for a release in art and in singing and songs. And, Lord, whatever comes out of this season, I pray, God, it wouldn't just bless Portsmouth, but, Father God, that it would bless the UK and that, Lord God, it would bless maybe even the whole globe, that, Father, 
Father God, they would release a sound that would really resonate around the globe for your glory. So Lord, be like, Lord, just be glorified in every single way, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. What a great prayer. Thank you so much for joining us. I know what you said would have spoken to so many people. I've really enjoyed being with you and listening to your stories and, and everything that you said. So thank you so much. It's been such an honour and I, I know one day I'll get to Portsmouth and I'll meet you all face to face. Yes, I hope so, definitely. You take care then. Bless you. Bye. Take care. Bye.